Russian River Ranchers present Chardonnay. Chardonnay. I know of no other wine that better captures the spirit, passion, and dedication of those who grow and make it. Mick Schroeder, winemaker. Ooh. Did he make the wine that he's reviewing? No, he made... (laughs) Yeah, he reviewed his own wine on his bottle. (laughs) Yeah, no wine. Better encapsulates the spirit of the people who make it, other than the one I made. Than me. Yes, I am the best wine maker. What was his name? Martin? Mitch. Mitch? I say it's five stars on you. So yeah, me and Maddie just split a bottle of wine. Hell yeah. If we're a little punchy... Was it? It wasn't a very punchy wine. How no. would, how would you describe it? Okay, it's a little clampy. Yeah, it was a nice like. Uh, it was a Chardonnay. It was a brief champ. It was a 2016. Would you say it had butter notes? It's a little buttery. I've, I I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. As someone who's drank a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Not very good at that. Not well. Yeah, you're not a sommelier. But uh, anything like beer. Mm. gin yeah there are like for a long time i was like you know what i don't like ipas and then i had like some random ipa one day i was like this is fine i like this that's a good beer name some random ipa Ooh, that's not bad i'm gonna make it maddie what if we opened a brewery (laughs) matt maddie brewery what what are we doing now (laughs) opening a brewery all right what would be our what's our shtick because there's like a thousand here now None of the other ones have a shtick. You got to have like a gimmick. You got to make it. Why would people? I mean, yeah, outside of the idea that Missoulians, Montanans, they Americans, beer. they love their beer. They love their beer. Welcome. Here's our beer. Hmm. I guess there is so many now that they they do need kind of a shtick. We have ones that are an arcade. We have ones that also are like, I recycle everything. Yeah. We have ones that are concert venues. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we would need something. I got an idea. Yeah. There's just a shit ton of microphones with podcast gear set up, I and it's like say micro machines. But I'm I'm listening. Continue. You get drunk and make your own podcast. So anytime you come to the bar, you essentially make a podcast of oh. your bar experience, and you leave with a cassette tape. No, 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 no. I like the idea of you leave, you get nothing, but it automatically uploads to iTunes. Oh no! With your full name, explicit in the title, explicit, and says like. Matty Kerr and Matthew Gatos have a conversation is like the thing. So that way nobody, if you get drunk enough, yeah, you don't remember that you recorded this podcast. <laughs> okay. But then suddenly 10 years down the line, you're recording, you're, you're applying for a job. Yep. Oh, I see what you're doing and, here. And uh, Mr. Microsoft is like, oh, we'd like to hire you. But, you know, we found this podcast. So are, are you, are you, like, are you supporting my idea? Yes. So you want to fuck people's <laughs> careers up. Come fuck up your future career at Matt and Maddie's Brewery. If we own it, it's not that bad. That's true. Our careers won't be fucked up. We're getting money. You know, yeah. deep down, I see the soul of you. It's dark. <laughs> that little bit tipsy. Yeah. I get money hungry. Yeah, give me that Chardonnay. Uh, but we did just share a bottle of Chardonnay. It was a beautiful Sunday date. It was date. a little date. Uh, we clinked glasses, which would be like kind of a fun little cute joke. But as we did that, the server walked back up. <laughs> it was actually... <laughs> well, it was also weird that my finger was in your ear. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was another step too far. Yeah. It wasn't even a wet willy. It was a very dry willy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I'm known for. Mm, dry what? willy cur. That is what I was called oh. on the basketball court. <laughs> what earned you that nickname? So when I'm on the am in the paint, have you ever heard of the paint? I have. I get mad boards. <laughs> I thought you were mad board. You know what? I'm in the paint. I get super bored because no one passes me the ball. I was 5'7 as a freshman. And I, a center uh, for some reason. Yep, <laughs> put me at center. And so I had to learn how to box out, butt out, get it in their groin, scoot it back. Yeah, never get the ball. Dry willy Matty. Uh, should we talk about the celebrity sighting? Dude. We had at Plonk. Dude, crazy. Name drop that bar. Uh, we saw someone who I was pretty sure. Hold up, I want to set the tone. Ooh, we're going to have some. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the tone real quick. He did not plan this out. No, in advance. No, I don't think I did. So we're going to have a slight delay. No, it's all right. I'm going to just, you know. Okay, now you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. No, you have to talk over it. it I know, but it's so good I can't. You don't want to ruin <laughs> um, it? So we were sitting there at this bar enjoying our bottle of wine date. 
and I'm looking behind Maddie, and I'm like, ooh, there's a man behind you that looks so familiar to me. Uh-huh. And he looks like a celebrity, an actor. That's his voice. Shit! <laughs> oh, I, shit! Or so I thought. Yeah. Well, is the main... Don't give away the yeah. results. So I'm looking behind Maddie, and I'm like, there's a man behind you that I recognize. He played, like dads and principals and like weird uncles on a bunch of 90s sitcoms or movies and things and I can't place him and I was like is he the voice of Pumbaa nope that's Ernie something Shoot. that's not him who is this man who is this man and I'm looking at him and he looks so much like this man and not like this man in the movies that I remember him in mm-hmm, but more mm-hmm. like if you aged this man up in a computer so and I'm gonna say I've never seen you yes when I I've learned something about Matthew Gatos. Where I have a weird he level. He sees a celebrity, and it's not like, oh my God, this celebrity's in my presence. It's more like, I need to remember all of the weird facts that I know about this person, and then, then verify, get a punch card, have it swiped, and then stamped, sealed, delivered. And so I turn around, I look at this person, and I'm like, nothing. He kind of looks like the guy from Ferris Bueller days off, like his principal he kind of looks like the dude from office space like i don't know yeah he was none of those men nope uh but i had a very clear image in my head of who i thought this man was and like you said my my thing with celebrity was if this was leonardo dicaprio or brad pitt or david letterman somebody that was like instantly like oh it's that guy i would not bug them I would not bother them. I would not ask to verify because those people are very identifiable and everyone knows who they are. I mean, Leo was uh, walking around Farmer's Market a couple years ago, yeah. And he was just uh, like in his bearded garb. Him and Tobey Maguire were just in Missoula. Just chilling. Yeah. I I didn't see him. I didn't see him either. I was at, they were at the Summer Maid Fair a couple years ago. Yeah. And I went to the Maid Fair like right after apparently they were there Mm. and then saw it on Twitter later and I was like, what the fuck? But to be fair, I saw pictures of them. I would not have recognized them. Leo was looking a little He had a very shaggy, shaggy beard, baggy clothes, and a big old hat. Like, the fact that anyone, like, recognized him was amazing. But I recognize this man in the yeah. bar today. I'm going to say it's beyond recognizing. We're talking about your future wedding plans. We're talking about <laughs> your life as yes. husband and wife. So We're- the problem was here <laughs> is your- that not, it's not that I was starstruck. It's that... One, I didn't actually think it was this man. Like, the the image in my head and this man sitting in front of me looked similar, but not identical. It was, so was a like, doppelganger. You know, this looks pretty similar, but I haven't seen this man in anything in a while. So maybe yeah. it is him, maybe it's not. But the bigger problem was I could not remember this man's name yep. or anything he was in. So he was just like a floating image in your brain. He just looked like a guy who I kind of knew. From movies in the 90s. And that can drive you a little berserk. It drove me nuts. It's like the like the physical embodiment of when you go, oh, who was that guy? Yeah. But you stare at him yeah, because for 20 I, minutes. I was making eye contact with you. I was not making eye contact with you. And then you started looking at my, like, Boot. over my shoulder and at my ear my earlobes. Yeah. I thought I had some cum on my left earlobe. <laughs> I thought we had a, something about Mary situation. No, it's nothing about Mary. Nope. There was no Mary involved. No Mary. Only a Stewart. Sorry, mom. And then <laughs> you start looking at this celebrity man behind, and what what did we find out? Well, what it did your suddenly brain popped connect? into my brain. Somehow, this is the one that popped into my brain. In my brain, that it it was the the man from Honey I Shrunk Ourselves. And no, not Rick Moranis. Yeah, I was going to say the man. Don't no, say no, it no, like no, that. no, no, not the man, the main man from Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves, but rather the uncle Ooh. from Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves. Classic role. He's also in Arachnophobia and yeah. a ton of other things. He's a character actor. Yes, exactly. Which is what, when I was like, I sorry, apologies to this man in the bar and also the real man, but when I was trying to Google and find this man, I was Googling chubby character actors from the 90s. That's all you were saying? That's all I was Googling. You didn't Googling. say like with weird boss ass beard? No. No, oh, shoot. But I was, I was trying so hard and so suddenly when Honey I Shrunk Ourselves popped in my head, I Googled that up. Eureka's Castle. And I saw, ooh, it's Stuart Pankin. Pankin, Pankin, something like that. Old Stu Pancakes here. 
And I looked at the pictures of like the most recent photos of Stuart Pankin. And goddammit, is it spot on. It looks so much like this man that was sitting right behind Maddie. No, you changed from once you you go, I've never seen a more Cheshire cat smile <laughs> and listen to that goofy laugh. He was so proud of himself. He had, I was. Yeah, man, the amount of like endorphins and like tryptophan, I don't know what goes into your brain. <laughs> you ate some turkey. But- to be fair, I was saying the reason you thought of like the principal from Ferris Bueller and stuff is I said this guy played a principal in something. No, he had a little bit of a beak nose. He had that. He played nose. A, a principal in Girl Meets World, which is a statement, oh, well, which is also weird to say. That, yeah, because I've seen every episode of that. Every? Um, yeah. What do you do with your life? I watch Girl Meets World, <laughs> but more famously, he is Earl Sinclair in Dinosaurs. He is the dad dinosaur, the voice of the dad dinosaur. Have you seen every episode of Dinosaurs? I have not. I've seen a lot of the first season, and I've seen the last episode where they die. <laughs> Which is also like true. I mean, it's not sad. It's but like this, this is a man who I was like, this guy is in everything. He yeah. was in Family Matters. I'm looking up his IMDb right now. He's in Dinosaurs. He was a voice in Batman the Animated Series. He was on the TV series Aladdin. Uh, he's, he's got a good acting he's cred. He's in Congo, The Mask, Duckman, Striptease. So I ask, are you going to ask for an autograph? One of those yeah. old J. And Hancocks. I said, no, he's not a man you ask for an autograph. Even if it is Stuart Pankin, I don't ask him for an autograph. I would say at most, hey, is your name Stuart? But would you? No, because I said, hey, Maddie, you should. <laughs> yeah, you abuse the, the friendship that is mine and yeah. say, Maddie doesn't give a fuck about Maddie's much. a much more outgoing person than I am with strangers. If I go up to a man and say, yo, you stew? Yeah. So in my brain, if I knew for sure that was Stuart Pankin, I would go up to him you and say, hey, is your name Stuart? Yes. Oh, uh, Stuart Pankin from Dinosaurs? <laughs> And he would be, can we just flash, let's flash back. Yeah. If that man did say yes, yes, and it was that person, yeah. do you think he would have been like, holy shit, this is a weird fucking life? I think so, because I don't know that Stuart Pankin gets recognized that often. Yeah, I'm sure he also would have been like, why are these two boys coming at me right now? But instead what happened was- They interrupted was, their date. Yeah. Instead what happened was Maddie got up as we were leaving and walked over to this man and you said- I said, hey, sorry to interrupt, is your name Stu? And he said, no, why do you ask? And he was very, like, too confident. He swirled in his chair yeah. like he was waiting for someone to talk to him. Yeah, he I mean, goes, to be fair, some high Stuart Pankin energy. Yeah, and he, which maybe is a little like he's red flagging us. And I was just like, you look like a, uh, a famous celebrity that we both love. <laughs> That's what you said? Yes. Oh, I was too far away to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I said that we both love. That's some, ooh, that's a bit... Stretching it. I said, we're in love with. <laughs> no. I want that man now. Okay, sorry. You want that man now. Yes, nope. you do. Uh, so after that, he said. And he said, oh my gosh, no, that's not me, but you just made my night. And then behind me, which was weird, I felt you breathing. I was very heavy. far behind you. You were My really breath heavy. was very strong. You were like, <sighs> and you waved. Is that still? <laughs> And so uh, then we walked out, and as the, the, the thing that, I don't know if you saw, as we turned to walk away, mm. he turned and his face went from smile to disgust to his wife. And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> did so, he? Yes, he actually did. Oh, he's so sad with us. He did, but if he's going to drop lines like, you just made my night, and yeah. then fucking backtrack that within three seconds. I mean, I think he could be both. I think he's a nice man. Yeah. And I think it also is like... What are these fucking weirdos doing? Yeah, why do these guys want to get in my junk? Yeah, what are these weirdos? Like, are, is this a prank? Yeah. Is this, uh, are they on the YouTubes? Yeah. Yeah. Who's recording heard, me right you now? You ever heard Mad Maddie? Yeah. We're fucking pranking you right yeah. now, <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, Stu. That was a eventful, like, last hour, though. It was very weird, and it was not Stuart Pankin, spoiler yeah. alert, but I don't know what I would have done if it was. It would have been, like, a cool thing of, like, we would have told the same story of, like, hey, we saw Stuart Pankin at I mean, the bar. I, Stuart Pankin sucks as a celebrity. No Wow. Offense. I'm dropping. I don't know this man. This is Missoula, Montana, e Maddie. Yeah. We don't get a lot of celebrities around here. We got to appreciate the ones we maybe almost get. All right. You've, you've lived in L.A. Yes. I saw many famous people there. Tell that me, made sense. Who, who'd, you, who'd you ever have a conversation with? Mel Gibson. You didn't Barbara have a, Streisand. You didn't have conversations with them? 
I had at least two lines of dialogue back and forth. What does that mean? I said a thing to them. They said a thing to me. I said a thing back. Where? At a movie theater that I worked at. And these people came in? Yes. It was a hidden away little independent movie theater okay. in the valley in a very rich neighborhood. So Heard, it was, like, yeah. it was Heard, a lot yeah. of like uh, old people and celebrities. It was pretty much our only clientele. So it'd be Mel Gibson, Edward James Olmos, uh, Barbara Streisand, Pat Sajak, the horn rimmed glasses man from Heroes. You saw Pat Sajak? The entire cast of The Office came in one day. Nuh-uh. So, uh, okay. So this is a fun story. Time out. Yes, this is a fun story. I was not working when this occurred. I walk into work one day at like a five o'clock shift and they were just like, hey, do you like The Office? And I was like, yeah, why? They're like, the entire cast was here this morning. And I'm like, what? why turns out this was around the time juno was coming out okay rain wilson is in juno he's a cashier he had arranged a private screening for like cast and crew of the office to come over to our theater and watch the movie before it came out so we like held a private screening of juno for the cast and crew of the office and that happened like two hours before i got to work (laughs) how weird it's a very weird thing uh, there was, yeah, that, that's where like all of my celebrity encounters have ever occurred. And they were all super weird. Like Edward James almost pulling the, like, come on, you know who I am. You can get me into this sold out movie. I'm right? going to raise my hand and be like an idiot. Yeah. Who is that person? He's in stand and deliver that like nineties movie where he's like shaping young minds, but he's also the, um, he's also in Battlestar Galactica. Why do I not know this name? You would probably know something he was in but like nick Turturro was also one who yeah, was like yeah. trying to get into like a sold out like lots of them would try to get into sold out theaters like hey this movie's opening night try to pull we want to get in shit. yeah like nick Turturro specifically was like you got any folding chairs we can like put in the back row oh. and i was like there's a fire code <laughs> like we can't oh. just add fo- like folding chairs to the theater sir <laughs> There's a, no, we can't do that. Oh, no. um, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, that was a. Uh, I'm saying that is expected at that theater specifically in L. A. That was like Malcolm Jamal Warner, Theo from the Cosby Show came in there. Like we had all these celebrities coming in there all the time. Well, McLovin, I, I met McLovin. Uh, okay, these I mean these aren't celebrities. Let's Barbara Streisand? Yeah, no, that is Mel Gibson. The, you can't drop Theo from the Cosby and say he's a celebrity. I sold Barbara Streisand a Dove Bar, which is interesting choice for her. I convinced her to buy a Dove Bar. What did you say to her? So, to be fair, her friend did most of the work. <laughs> okay, so so far you are lying. Barbara Streisand came in like with like a scarf, sunglasses, hat. Like I'm not Barbara Streisand. Did she talk um, like that? No. Uh, but she, she was standing next to James Brolin, her husband, who had zero disguise on. <laughs> and she was very clearly still Barbara Streisand. She's a very recognizable oh, human. that's so good. Um, and they were with like a, another couple. Like it was like a double date movie night. And her friend got like a Dove bar and some other concessions and stuff. And then Barbara Streisand was like, I don't know, like maybe I should get one. And her friend was like, yeah, that's, I don't know, it's good or whatever. And Have was, you heard of chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> Barbara? <laughs> and I was like doing that thing, which is what, what, what which, did you do to convince oh, her? All I said was, like, "It's good. <laughs> it's pretty much good it. chocolate, Barbara." <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. I was like, "Ah, come on!" Like it was like something like that. Like, "Ah, oh, come on, they're good." And uh, she's like, "Ah, you're right. I'll get one." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is, I'm gonna remember this forever." And yeah, I am nothing to you. Exactly. Celebrity. <laughs> Just meet her again and be like, "Remember that time you ate a Dove Bar at the movies? <laughs> that was me." I can't wait till. Stew, old big <laughs> stew, who now lives in Missoula, is a normal Missoulian. Well, he said something something about his vacation. He did. So I think he's not from Missoula. Oh, thank God. Which also maybe it was Stu fucking with us. Stu fucked with us, man. He just came in and dropped some like dino bullshit on us. <laughs> God uh, damn it, Stu. Yeah, but it wasn't Stu Pankin. Probably it's all right. life's okay. We move on. From we did it. not meet a celebrity today. We grow up. We grow up. We move on. We age. We, oh, don't get all sad. We lose our... You sound like fucking Woody. Lose our childhood. Don't! You sound like Woody. We die. We move on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's a darker way. You, <laughs> that's like a child's play Toy Story 4. Like, Mash up. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Woody. Yeah, dude. I just saw Toy Story 4. You just saw it? Yeah, I saw it. Not the opening weekend. I waited a weekend. I saw it opening weekend. Wow, real fan. I also, let me just tell you, nothing feels weirder as a 30-year-old grown male. Yep. A um, couple of G&Ts in you. Oh, okay. Headphones on. Yeah. Listening to Adele riding <laughs> your bike. 
to the local movie theater. It's so far. And it's so far. <laughs> Don't have a car anymore. Yeah. So riding my bike, and I'm like, I guess I'll watch. I wasn't riding to the movie theater as much as I was just riding to the sun to see if I <laughs> to burn myself. But I was like, oh, I guess I could go to the movie. Icarus Kerr. <laughs> Icarus. Icarus. Um, and so I go into the theater and I notice that it's like the next showing is an hour and a half from Are right you now. one of those people? That just walks into a movie theater? And goes, mm, what's playing? Kind of. I mean, wow. I have a smartphone. I look, but I, I, at this moment, it was Adele and out, man. So I walk in and it's 6.15. Yeah. Six o'clock Toy Story. Do okay. I do I buy the Wait, ticket? Six fifteen for a six o'clock movie? Yeah. So I I fucking roll the dice. You dude. go. You, you and assume I assume there's gonna be a forty minutes of uh, trailers. Eighty five minutes of trailers yeah. and like some coke ads and you know a guy's gonna tell me about some cool new trivia question that's you know <laughs> what does Barbara Streisand like to get at movie? Oh, Dove bars. Dove bars. D. Select D. Got it. Uh, so I get the ticket and I walk in. We're fucking in the movie. Oh, you already started? We're in the movie. And the seat I chose? Yeah. Literally next to one eight-year-old and one six-year-old. Ooh. And I'm the weird man. Yep. And I have like, it was like kind of cold in Missoula, so I'm wearing my big fat jacket. Mm. And I got like my headphones around my neck. Yeah. And it's the weird movie theater that has like kind of weird, like it's uh, it's AMC dine-in. So, it, so you're sitting next to like an eight-year-old eating a steak. Dude, he's got a fucking bib on <laughs> and he's using a knife and cutting. He's yelling at his mom to wipe him. Ugh. Uh, and we're in the middle of Woody saying goodbye to Bo or some flashback bullshit. Okay, so you didn't miss too much. I, saw, I didn't see the rescue mission, which is yes. the opening scene of Toy Story 4. Uh, no so spoilers. spoilers. We're going to get into spoilers. It, it, we might yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Toy Story 4 now. So if you haven't seen the movie, one, I'm assuming you probably don't care too much about it because it's been out for two weeks. Yeah, right. Um, And I just saw it and I really did care about it. So I was like probably the later one of the group. But... The opening scene takes place nine years ago in the canon of Toy Story. Didn't, so Didn't know that. Yeah, that's the first thing you see is the words nine years ago. Oh. Um, so this is back when Andy still had all of his toys, and suddenly there's a rescue mission. Uh, RC is trapped out in a gutter and is, like, flowing away. It's fucking heartbreaking, and also one of the most beautiful scenes in, like, CGI animated movie history. Really? It's so well done Shoot. and like it feels like Pixar just being like fuck you Illumination and DreamWorks like look what like, we can look do. at our beauty because it is this. so like the rest of the movie is also beautiful it looks great but this scene is like we're going for photorealism because it's raining yeah it's a super heavy like raining uh windy they're fighting they're like Woody is soaked and it's like you've never seen Woody wet before yes for sure um but it's a lot of like photorealistic, super dramatic, scary, like saving RC. Um, well, can I just ask a question? Yeah. Was RC in three? Uh, no. So that's the whole thing is like, they're showing you some toys uh, that have, that in Toy Story 3, Woody acknowledges that like, you know, we've lost some friends. Yeah. Like Bo Peep, some other people, they're not around anymore. We've only got like eight of us. Yeah. So in this flashback, it's kind of between Toy Story 2 and 3. Oh, cool. Where most of the crew is still there. Mm-hmm. And RC is still there, who we don't see in three. So this is before he gets taken away. And at first you're like, oh, maybe this is when RC gets lost. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But they save RC. But then as soon as they get inside, you realize Bo Peep is being taken away. And this is the story of- How? uh, So she's a lamp. That's her whole thing. She's a lamp with some sheep on it. And she's in Molly's room. Wait, what? Yeah. Bo Peep is part of a lamp. Um, Not available at Target. You can buy the same lamp. It's really cool. Um, But they, uh, Molly has grown up doesn't want this little like Bo Peep lamp anymore and so the lamp is getting given away to a, a dad who is coming to pick it up for his kid was Bo Peep a part of the rescue mission what was Bo Peep a part of the rescue uh, mission I believe so but then how did like so then there's a flash she like is like holding on to Slinky Dog's butt or something like that when he's hanging out the window trying to help Woody <laughs> And then this guy randomly picks her up and be like, so, can I buy this? Lo, no, like he, it was already an arranged thing. The, oh. the toys didn't know. I see. So as they're, uh, as they're getting back up to the window where they have RC, the mom closes the window and Woody's outside and watches Bo Peep get like picked up. Oh. And it's like, oh, what's happening? And so the mom takes Bo Peep out 
to meet this dad who's picking it up and then Woody climbs down the side of the house and that's where you came in yeah. was he she's in a box being yes. taken away by this dad but Woody goes to her and is like no but you can't leave Andy needs you and she's like I'm not Andy's toy I'm Molly's toy and she's giving me away I don't she I'm not needed here anymore and Woody almost goes with her yeah but then doesn't which is a fucked up stupid and movie. so he goes back to live with the toys and then we see Toy Story 3 happen that's true that's so true. that's where you came in. You did not miss that much. Okay, good. You missed I, a really cool scene, well, like a really well animated scene. But like as far as story wise, you did not miss much. And, and that and that's I just I always just hate like entering a movie late. So I was a little bummed. Yeah. But then boom, we jump straight into it and we watch Toy Story four. Which let's be real, <laughs> the way I feel about Toy Story is so strong. Number one, you right. know the original Toy Story. Yeah. I have such strong memories about that movie, about Pizza Planet mm-hmm. and Sid, the video games. Everything about Toy Story, fucking perfect. Yes. Toy Story 2 gets announced, and I'm like, hmm, why? And then it's a bunch of cowboy shit, and I'm like, yuck. This is like 10-year-old Maddie. Yeah, and I'm like, (laughs) yuck. I don't, I'm not, I like the Dallas Cowboys. I don't like real cowboys. Where's Emmett Smith? Where's my boy? 22. And, you know, then I watch Toy Story Story 2, and I love it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great movie. The prospector is an asshole. Yeah, but Razor Crane. He he's got some he's got some reasons behind it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Toy Story three gets announced. Two thousand ten, and which is shocking because I remember it feels so recent. It feels like it's it's not. It feels like three years ago, four nine years, ago, years and ago, and it's nine years ago. And I didn't watch it in the theater. Mm, okay, because I did not give a shit. And I saw it maybe more than once in the theater. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. You love toys. We're different boys. We are different boys. We love toys differently. Different boys with different toys. And I sobbed. Yeah. Gutturally at Toy Story That movie is very emotionally effective. And beautifully made. Yes. And I was shocked at it. And Michael Keaton's amazing as Kendall. Yeah. I was was missing him a little bit in Toy Story 4. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I I do regret that I didn't watch Toy Story 3. Three, two, or one. Recently, mm. I know it in my head, yeah. but I don't. I didn't know the beats. So going into Toy Story four, I'm like, there, there's no reason we need to make this movie. Yeah, Pixar, you've made Cars two, disaster. Mm. Incredibles two was cool. Yeah, I've never seen Finding Dory. Finding Dory is very good, and I've heard that Finding Dory is very similar to Toy Story two. I would say in that is it is a sequel that adds to the original. Mm-hmm. It does not feel like, I guess, necessary is not a word I like to use with movies because like, no, not, no not movies technically necessary. necessary. That's true. But, uh, unless a dinosaur movie with Stuart Pankin. <laughs> yeah, bring back Stuart Pankin and dinosaurs <laughs> the movie. Um, but, Finding Dory was one of those that, yeah, was I happy with the end of Finding Nemo? Sure. Finding Dory adds new fun characters and cool. it's a beautiful movie and when you finish watching it, you're like, that was good. That was a very good movie. I left Finding Dory feeling the same way I think I did when I watched Finding Nemo. Like, it's a very on the same level. Sweet. So then, you know, Toy Story 4, I'm like, God, they're making four of these movies. Yeah. And I didn't watch any of the trailers outside of, there's was one clip or trailer of uh, two characters, Ducky and Bunny. Uh, yeah. And that's all I saw. It's, Key and Peele's characters. It, exactly. And I was like, huh, they're going a direction with this. And then all of a sudden, I like was on Twitter, and the movie's out now. Somehow, yeah. I I just blanked it out, blanked out everything, and ended up riding my bike there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I so you went in blind. Yes. See, I went in. The reason I saw it a week later than a lot of people is because I wanted to watch all three of the previous ones first. Oh, I wanted to go in yeah. with the knowledge of having just seen. Not only the three movies, but also like the Toy Story shorts that have come out since Toy Story 3. What are those? Uh, there's a couple. I didn't watch all of them. Uh, there's one where it's called Hawaiian Vacation, where Bonnie and her family are going to Hawaii. So Barbie and Ken think they're also going to Hawaii, Cute. but they actually get left behind. Sad. So the toys make a Hawaiian vacation for them in the bedroom. Oh, and they bang. Um, uh, well, that, that part doesn't happen. They kiss out in the snow, and they fall in the snow. Oh, cute. Um, but then there's uh, one that's like called Partysaurus Rex, where it's like a dinosaur-focused one. There's a spooky one. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple shorts that like fill in some more gaps of like, what are all these toys doing now that they're all together and friends, like mm-hmm. Bonnie's toys and Andy's toys. 
Um, so I was very ready to go into Toy Story 4. I had watched most of the trailers, if not all of the trailers. Damn. So I, I I avoided as many like spoilery things as possible, but I knew the basic concept and like who was voice acting and who was Did, in it. Didn't even know Forky was in it. Oh man, that was a treat. No idea that there was a fork in this movie. Like I don't. I'm up to date with the internet. I think. And yeah. then all of a sudden, there's a spork, and yeah. everyone like, there's action figures. I don't go to Target. So. <laughs> so yeah, I would say like I went in with the most preparedness I could have as far as like I love pretty much every Pixar movie. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, but these ones. And to be honest, the only one I dislike is Cars Two. Yeah, it's garbage. That's the only Pixar movie that I actively dislike. Every other one is at least good. Never seen the good little boy dinosaur. Good dinosaur is good. It's good. a fun. <laughs> you don't say. It's good. Uh, it's a very pretty movie. Yeah. It's more. It's it's not a. There's not as much happening. Yeah, it's a in it, but it's very boy. pretty, and it is also very emotionally effective in that sort of. Toy Story three way where they're like we're gonna just mess with you. <laughs> we're just gonna make you cry. Dude, Toy Story, and so that's I guess this is my. My opinion just about filmmaking sort of is uh, trilogies, all right, maybe there's a reason behind story structure and making movies in three. Right. When you then all of a sudden say like, here is the emotional culmination Mm -hmm. of so much, so many years, so many characters that you've fallen in love with to then be like, and here's some more. And I think that's what, it's interesting that with like Pixar and other sort of reboot, sequel-y kind of things, is that idea of certain like maybe more like live action films get to go, okay, we're going to make two of these. We're going to make three of these and that's the end of our story. And then 10 years later, they're like, you know what? What if we made another one? And a lot of times it does feel tacked on or added on. Pixar, the time between sequels just because of how long it takes them to make movies is so long that it was like, I guess, like only like four years between the first two Toy Stories but then it was another 11 years between Toy Story 2 and 3. Yeah. And now it's been nine years since Toy Story 3. So they had time between Toy Story 2 and 3 to be like, okay, this could be an ending. If yeah. it needs to be an ending, this is an ending. And then nine years later, they were like, but what if? Yeah, what What would be a story one? if... And I don't know, what did you think of the movie? Just like broad stroke, broad gut, strokes. gut leave in the theater. Being I like, liked it. You liked it. I liked, liked it. it. Not loved it. I loved aspects of it. Oh, interesting. The way I described it is, for me, it feels like the last season of Parks and Rec. What? Okay, let me rack my <laughs> let me rack my brain on what. So for that those, means. yeah, for those wondering, the sixth season of Parks and Rec, which is the second to last season, ends in a very satisfying way. Yeah, of like you find out like okay, Ben and Leslie are about to have spoilers, spoilers for <laughs> Parks and Rec as well. Uh, ben and Leslie are going to have triplets. Uh, yeah. They're running for like state senate or something like that. They're like there's a lot happening that's like everything culminating in this big moment, and they're they get into an elevator and they're like you ready for this and it's like yeah Yeah. and it's like a very good ending moment you can fill in the blanks for the rest of their future it's great then they were like all right you get another season chris pratt's pretty big still (laughs) yeah so they added another season yeah i do not dislike season seven of parks and rec Mm -hmm. i think it is very fun they do a lot of fun things with it but as far as endings go the way season seven ends is not as fun or satisfying as season three or season six. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Toy Story three versus Toy Story four. Toy Story three was a very satisfying ending of like, these are Bonnie's toys. Now Andy is going to college. We can all just assume what's going to happen. What are you talking about? They got burned in the fire. You turned the movie off too early. No, that's the end of the movie. They nope. Got, they just like the, you like, ran out of the theater crying. Did, did you actually hear about that story? This guy. Oh yeah, somebody played a prank on yeah, it, their parents or somebody like that, and they're just like, bloop. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to Toy Story 3 for a second, I saw, I was in film school when that was coming out, and our film school got a weird preview thing where we had to see like the first 60 or 70 minutes of it. Oh, so shit. we saw the majority of that movie before it came out, and I loved it, and so I went and saw it again in theaters, saw the whole thing, and I believe I saw it a second time in theaters. So I saw that movie almost three times in theaters. Damn. Uh, and loved it. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Pixar movies. Uh, it's so good. And this is kind of that weird thing where Toy Story 4 is very good in a lot of ways. 
and then I have like three things. Ooh, hot that, takes that I'm very like nitpicky about. That I'm like, oh, these are the reasons I don't like Toy Story Four right. as much as Toy Story I'm, Three. I'm pull- There's a snake in my boot. Number one, what do you got? Hmm. There's, they're not in like any certain order. I, they, number eight. What do you got? <laughs> There's three of them. <laughs> I know. Uh, I still don't know how I feel about Woody's ultimate decision at the end of the movie. Oh, what? Woody decides to not go back to Bonnie. Yeah. And decides to stay with Bo Peep. Because his time's done. He's in retirement. Uh, again, I don't disagree. I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, I see what you're he saying. He spends the whole third movie and most of the fourth movie saying that like the most important thing is being there for a kid in case they need you. And you in know, the third one he argues that like they, they should they hide in a bag in the attic for 20 years if necessary just in case one day in the future Andy decides to pull them out and play when he has a kid. Can we just get down I'm going to interrupt you here. Yeah. I just had this weird thought. Is being a toy a, a torturous life sentence? Not to Woody so do they not have this concept that like I think to some of them like when you think about it like a lot of the toys especially in Toy Story 4 they explore that a little bit of like some of them don't want to be with a kid. Some of them are like oh no like I think it was interesting. In Toy Story 3 you get characters who are like our kid gave us up. Yeah. Like kids are the worst. Whereas in Toy Story 4 you have people who are like oh no I'm a lost toy and it's awesome. This is so strange. So it's again, I don't disagree with yeah. having Woody go off with Bo Peep and be a lost toy, but it's so weird and different than what Woody has ever done that it like is jarring to me. No joke. I sit down in the movie theater yeah. and I see Woody say, I can't go with you, Bo Peep. And I'm like, he's going to fucking go with Bo Peep. I mean, to be fair, when like, it was happening I at the end, that shit. I, I saw it coming as well. I was like, oh, that's going to happen. I still don't know how I felt about it. For sure. Second thing, yeah. along with the lines of like who this character is versus how they're acting now, Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 4 is fucking dumb. Why is he so dumb? Totally agree. It was like so... So we're supposed to go over this stretch of however many years from Andy to growing up. Yeah. To Bonnie. It, like, it felt like we are almost seeing a Buzz Lightyear a couple of months after the end of... Toy Story 1. Yeah. Like, he didn't understand. Like, it's been, like, 10 years. Yeah, right. Since, at least, since he's been with Woody and the gang, and he's in the know. He's always been, like, the right-hand man to Woody. He's been very helpful in all of these other adventures. But in this one, the moment Woody says to him, like, he listens to his conscience. Conscience. Inner voice. His inner voice. Buzz doesn't know what that means. And, you know what, don't get me wrong. I like the idea that, like, Buzz is a superhero like kind of dumb yeah. head he's always been that way and i feel like every movie they they like yeah. play on that they play on he doesn't know he's a toy they play in the second one that he's obsessed with this his world and like his dad and it's like this well that's the the, it, the other buzz comes in yes. there's like two buzzes and, and then the third one he gets spanish, spanish mode <laughs> yeah um but even in that one before he turns into spanish mode he's a very helpful person he's like in with the plan he's helping them do all this stuff he's very emotionally grounded and able to like handle things in this if that had been like a one-off joke about like him not understanding the inside voice thing Mm -hmm. fine for sure the fact that it throughout the entire movie that was his in order for him to accomplish anything he has to like hit the button on his chest and whatever it says he's like you're right so I thought it was I thought it was a good payoff when he like really needed it, but there was no. Oh, like, when he shouted like "Your backpack's in the antique yeah, store," yeah, I was like, "That's fucking good." Yeah, it's really funny, but I I thought they did Tim Allen and they did Buzz Lightyear dirty in this one. They did it's, like yeah. they, they didn't give like think about like strange things are happening like, to me. The, they didn't have a single shot. That was emotionally impactful, I thought, with Buzz. And I think that gets to my third thing, is I think a lot of the characters got the shaft. Yep. I think the rest of the crew, I understand this is Woody's movie. Yeah. But it's very weird to me, after watching three movies of a lot of these people working together to accomplish things, to watch them just sit in an RV and wait for things to happen to them. That's true. Like, even Jesse, 
gets like one thing to do. Did she, she have two lines? I can't feel that's like... the thing is like I feel like I can't remember a single line that like anyone besides like Woody or Buzz says and because you know, they get like one line of like, hey, who's that guy? Yeah, and, and that's it. And like I, yeah, there was this weird moment where I felt like the toys almost eff- affected. I liked it as a, a comedic take but they almost affected the real world a little too much with like the the toys driving and the car and the rv they were much more involved like at any point all of a sudden humans are going to realize toys exist and that's going to be the new take like i felt like that was whereas that only in the last three only happens once right with sid in the first one exactly where they freak him out um you know with all that being said i would love to hear if you have like any like super positive takes Oh, yeah, and I, I think the writing, as always, is very strong. I think it was beautiful, and I think the majority of the movie, I loved. I liked the idea of Gabby Gabby as, like, a villain. Yeah, she's being, a good villain. Yeah, and being, like, a positive villain, if mm. that's a thing, of, like, her goal is to be Woody, essentially. Her goal is to have a kid who loves her unconditionally. Unfortunately, the way she wants to... It's a lot like the Marvel villains, mm. of, like, I agree with your overall point, but the way you're going to do it seems questionable. And so what I will, now you saying it like that, the getting back to your first point is, so Woody, you know, uh, g- gets given up by Andy to Bonnie and his whole mentality is if we're a toy, we have to be there for our kid no matter what. I yeah. feel like Forky, the introduction of Forky yeah, and the shit that goes down with Gabby Gabby mm-hmm. changes a man, changes a toy. Yes. And I feel like this whole movie is that culmination. And all we're seeing is Woody come to grips that it's like what he thought in three, two, and one is not what he thinks anymore. And he's realizing that. Well, and he has that breakdown in the alley where like when he Bo fucking Peeps, stabs a guy. Bo Peep's like, why is this so important to you? Like to get Forky back to Bonnie. And he's like, because I have nothing else left. And you're just like, fuck. <laughs> like, did you cry at all in this movie? I did not. I had one teary-eyed moment, but I think it was because it reminded me of something sad in my life. Which moment? I don't remember. Movie. Like oh. that—that's what I feel like. I—I I, I don't. It wasn't like when he was saying goodbye. Yeah. It was. I'm. It, I'm trying to remember now. I, I have to think about it. But it wasn't emotionally resonant. I yeah. laughed a lot. Yeah. I thought Ducky and oh, Bunny hilarious. are amazing. I thought Duke Kaboom was awesome. Duke Kaboom is very good, especially his uh, whole which reading up on I learned it was like a lot of Keanu Reeves like adding to the character like not improving, but like talking with the producers of like well I think this would be important to him Great of like Keanu. Uh, they had like a lunch meeting where they were like we want you to play this guy who he's like an evil Knievel toy from the 70s but he's not as good as the commercial show so his kid Rajon <laughs> throws him away and Keanu was like well is he mad at Rajon is he mad at the commercial like what is he and it's just like oh well I get maybe and like apparently Keanu was like jumping up on the table at Pixar like but what if he did this <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and they were like well fuck Duke Kaboom's the star of this movie now oh that is so good so I think that was a little bit too of like I love all these side characters like I think Duke Kaboom's great I think Bunny and Ducky are great I think uh, Gabby Gabby's great and the creepy ass ventriloquist dummies they're they're beautiful they're so terrible but like in a good way but it's that thing of like you're you make Bo Peep awesome and a badass in this movie, but I think you took away a bit of that from Jesse. Oh yeah, no, to Jesse, give it to Bo Peep. Yeah, right. Which is weird. Yeah, like, uh, like I, I Jesse was a very strong like, female character in these movies, and they like she she popped one tire in I, this movie. I feel like, in all honesty, there could be Toy Story for Part Two or Version <laughs> Two, where it just is focused on. All of the other toys, yeah, and they have their own shenanigans. They're and shit in the going. RV, like, <sighs> yeah. Because <laughs> every time we come back to them, they're like, "Where's Woody? Is he coming back?" Yeah, and I'm right. like, "You're just waiting there." Yeah, like, like you're not being productive at all. They're just there for Bonnie. They're just very passive because she's the new sheriff, and so she's essentially living yeah. the new Woody life. Which I get, but yeah, I just, I just wish the those we my would three, have seen some. Those of are it. my main three issues. It was like completely. I still am unsure how I feel about Woody's choice. Buzz is a dumbass for some reason. Yeah. And the other toys are so passive. If you could rank these, do you do ranks? Uh, I can rank some things. The Toy Story ones are rough for me because I think three is the, like that furnace scene. I watched it the other day and it's still just as like, you. it's it's how, so upsetting. How did they make it a, 
a Pixar movie, how did they make you think that that's how it's going to end so well? It, well, I think it's the moments where the toys look at each other and accept their fate. Like, And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear just gave Jesse a look of, we're going to die here. Hold my hand while we die together. I'm almost like tearing up thinking about yeah. it. Like, no joke, man. It's a, And they all hold hands. And Woody is the last one. He bridges the gap between the two groups of toys. And they all accept that they're going to die. But then the claw. <laughs> and then the three <laughs> fucking aliens from Pizza Planet are it's like, so, we got this. It's so good. I love it. I need to watch Toy Story 3 tonight. It's very good. I might watch it. So what did you think overall of Toy Story 4? I, I think it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. The the texture and the That's visual look. and The, the texture. Like close-ups of like Jesse's eye. Crazy. I'm like, that eyelash looks like a painted on plastic eyelash. It, they, they've done so much crazy... I, I saw I saw a couple of clips of just like Toy Story and just to <laughs> see how it all has changed and how amazing yeah. it all looks that blew me away and the sexy Boca and but there was also I think just they like, did a lot of like uh, they took some from like the Lego Movie yes where like Lego Movie you look at that and you're like that looks like Legos like it looks stop motion even though every inch of that movie is CGI mm-hmm. like it looks like what a close up Lego shot would look like and I feel like that's what they've gone into with the textures now is like. We want you to look at this Woody doll and know that he is made of like this rubbery plastic. Right. And be able to look at a close-up of him and go, I know what he's made of. Like you can see, you feel uh, how important of toys are so tangible. Yeah. And have been in my mouth a lot. Just like <laughs> put them in my nose yeah. and my mouth. And like, I know that taste of Woody. I know what that <laughs> fucking rubber tastes like. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny. The little... Uh, Sergeant Commando dude asking for a high five. Commander was, Carl. Was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. And it was literally out of focus, out in the side frame, like how how well done the writing and the comedy is yeah. in this. Well, and as I actually learned from Twitter that from the director, uh, he tweeted this out, that that Commander Carl not getting his high five was not in the script. The, like the story artist, the the woman who was like storyboarding that scene, like added that joke in in her storyboards. And they were like, that's, hilarious and see that's i think those physical simple jokes are just so charming and i think is the reason i like toy story so much yeah um i don't know i thought it was great i didn't i i'm a little bit confused on how i feel about a handful of movies now where i leave the theater i haven't had a movie um be like god that's my new favorite movie i don't know if it's just in the way that i watch shows now like or is it you think that like maybe i don't know how many movies you go to i bet i go to uh i hit up all the like marvel movies and right but that's what i'm saying is like maybe your favorite movie is like playing at the roxy yeah like an independent thing it isn't like another marvel movie because you go in with so many expectations and it's an ongoing when you see a sequel or a reboot or something like that like you have so much in your brain already Mm mm-hmm so I think like if you see like something newer, like that's not attached to anything else, you might be able to go in and go like, oh, I really liked that. Well, and also like I mean like shows like Chernobyl, like right Chernobyl, just something like something. out of the blue, right. no hype. You just watch this, you're like, this is fucking good. Yeah, right, man. No, I uh, I loved it. I thought it was it was good I, as far as ranking. I mean that's impossible to me. I, I I don't know like for who I was when I watched Toy Story. I feel like the first one has such a strong pillar in my mind and then three is amazing so i would probably say like one three two and four are very similar yeah i think two is really good like two. if you haven't watched it lately i think it's really good uh when i was watching one and two actually i was trying to think of like which one of these is better and it's hard i think two might be a better film but i think one means more to me that makes sense yeah uh yeah i think that's similar of how i would rank them as like one just feels like childhood so much mm-hmm that it ends up higher on the list than maybe it would. It's not it just it's not as good as a film. Right. Yeah, there are some really good elements in Toy Story 2, but I think Toy Story 1 is just that it came around at a time when no one else had literally done anything like How it. How cool, man. I love it. So, that. uh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It was good though. What's your favorite toy to wrap this up? What's your favorite toy in your life that you've ever had? Jesus, man, that's I a know. lot to ask. One toy that who's your Woody? Or who's your fucking Forky? We didn't even talk about Forky, but I bought a Forky. He's cute. I have a Forky now. Did you like him? I thought he was great. He's pretty funny. I was worried that he might be annoying based on like the trailers I had watched. But I think 
one, it's very it's interesting to like add that element to the the, the world of Toy Story. But right. two, I think the scene with him and Woody just like walking down the street Ugh. when he's just like randomly like carry me. It <laughs> what's that actor's name? Hale. Toby Hale. Yeah, he's he's a buster uh, from yeah. Arrested Development. So good. Yeah. Um. Uh, my favorite toy probably like. Uh, I would just say on a whim, I my favorite toy I ever received as a gift, I think, was the Falcon Zord when I was four. Ooh, that's a good toy. It was a white yeah. Falcon Zord. And I just remember how how fucking cool having that was. Yeah. And I had I had a lot of Ninja Turtles. And so I would say um specifically there was a Ninja Turtle that you'd squeeze the legs and like a samurai outfit would come on, and that was nice. pretty cool. I think as a kid, like as far as like a good Christmas and remembering very vividly, like playing with these toys, was like the Jurassic Park line of toys. Yeah, uh, battle damage. I had the battle damage T Rex. I had the big command center that like talked and you had the fence around it, and I had like the Jeep and stuff as well. And so I think that, as far as like biggest childhood Christmas of like this is the toys I wanted so badly, and I got the toys I wanted. This is amazing. Uh. As far as like I what I would consider like my Woody, as far as like something I've kept this long. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm like thinking about the toys I have at home, and like a lot of them, to be fair, are more recent purchases, like in the past ten years, a little bit. Because I think there was a period in my life where I was not as comfortable having toys around. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I I got rid of all of my toys at a certain point because I was a guy and told, people told me, you know what? Boys don't play with those toys after a certain age. Yeah, you want a girl like you? Yeah, 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 you're real toys. And I also, <laughs> like, at a one point I lived with a girlfriend who, uh, like, literally when we moved in together, she told me, like, this little, like, three-foot shelf. She's like, that's where your toys will go. <laughs> like, and, like, basically saying that, like, nowhere outside of that shelf should there be toys in this apartment. And you're like, jerk. Well, no, it was like a thing of like, oh, okay, this is like a, a life moment of I should get rid of some stuff. Yeah. So I got rid of a lot of stuff then as well. And I've purchased more in the last few years. I have a good collection of like Toy Story 1s. And I think uh, now it's almost looking forward to like having a kid in the future. Dude, that's the one thing. And Rob. like giving some toys to my kid or like certain toys I might be like, you don't get to play with this one. This Jerk. is dad's. Oh uh, my God, you're going to be that person. Certain ones, if they're collectibles or yeah. something. like yeah. uh, Okay, okay. Or like babies are only allowed to play with certain things. They can't play with like a Buzz Lightyear. They're going to break an eye. No, give them a lighter. Some cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, I, They'll I, become Sid. My toy that I think I've had the longest yeah. isn't really a toy. It's a card. It's a, a holographic Charizard. Oh. And I still have you it. You still have one? To it to this day, it's on my fridge. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to picture like my uh, toy shelf now. And I think I have like a Homer Simpson figure that I've had since like high school. Cool. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of mine are kind of more recently purchased when I got more okay with buying things. Well, I, and I think that pop culture and like, I mean, pop, whatever they're called, yeah. those things uh, blew up. And people like the the nerd fandom it's like there's such a huge market and now you can buy all these super detailed intricate pieces with extra things and it's yeah. like 80 bucks and it's like well i want this cool <laughs> batman i guess i'm gonna get it well that's what like unfortunately uh with the toy story toys is i'm a uh, i'm very specific with the scale oh what are they supposed to be like i, don't I want them to be exact. realistic to like what they would be for andy and to each other then. So that way if I have like a Buzz and a Woody. They look the same. They, they look would. like they would in the movie. Like to scale. Like if they're interacting. And so I have a Slinky Dog. Which is technically Devin's Slinky Dog. But we have a Slinky Dog. We have a Buzz. A Woody. A Lotso from Toy Story 3. Um, we have Ham and Forky. You guys are setting up a real sexy um, night. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Ham's the only one that's not to scale technically. He's just an actual bank. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. It's ruined. But I think my oldest toy that I still have is maybe a Yoda puppet that I have that I've had since maybe I was 10. He's oh in my. rough shape, though. Be honest right now. Be honest, guess You ever fucked that Yoda? No. Be honest. What'd you do with that Yoda puppet? No. What'd you do with that Yoda puppet? I put him on a shelf. You never put your hand in Yoda I puppet? I put my hand in Yoda. Oh, what'd you do with that hand that <laughs> That's was in it. that Yoda? That's it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <clears throat> like he is a... like just a rubber like cheap puppet kind of thing yeah but for years i just put him up on a shelf he's like on top of a thing that keeps him like standing upright but 
the last time I went to move him, like ch- he's like chipping off. He's just like dried up, like oh, old rubber. Oh god! And so he's gonna have to go in the garbage the next time I move him, which is sad because he's like a twenty-year-old <laughs> puppet toy. You don't have to throw him away. He mm, he's rough. If he was in a Toy Story movie, they'd be like, "Yeah, we get it. <laughs> we can get rid of you." <laughs> yeah. Woody. Woody would just be like, "Yeah, no, Buzz, let's throw trash." I am. <laughs> yeah. No, we agree. <laughs> you are not a toy anymore. Yep. You go. You are the, trash. You go to the garbage. That's so good. But how you like? I don't know. I just acquired more toys, but I think you're getting rid of toys. I I kind of did some calculations. I spent I, I think I spent like five hundred dollars on all <laughs> these stupid Link and Mario, and yeah. I love them. Don't get me wrong, but I'm at this point now where even in my like, artwork, I I have so many different like all Nintendo, yeah, all Mario and Zelda and. At some point, it's cool, and, and where I was living, you know, five, four years ago, I was like, yeah, this is who I <coughs> want to be. I'm starting to express myself in, like, art and pop culture and nerdum, and I got a bunch of little action figures, and that just kind of, like, took over, and then people, you know, see them at a garage sale. Oh, my buddy Parker will buy a couple, and then it's like, all of a sudden, instead of, like, 10, I have 30, and then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, I have 100. Yeah. And... um. I got rid of some of them. I literally just took all of the ones that are Nintendo Amiibo branded and brought them to a pawn shop. And I was like, what can I get for these? And they're like, oh, I'll give you 40 bucks. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. And you do the math and it's like, I lost a lot of money on that. Yeah. They served their purpose. They were fun. I enjoyed them. Do you have any like emotional connection to those ones though? Are they like... No. And I think that's the reason is a lot of that was they were purchased in a moment of these are decorations. Right. These are things to fill space, to fill a blank spot in my heart, and I need them here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I don't know, as I get older, I just think, I have them right now all in a bag, yeah. of the remaining ones, that I'm this close to just going like... Dumpster? Dumpster, or on the street somewhere, and someone mm. that will be like, Mom, I just wish I had more Nintendo toys. Oh my God! And I just like, there's just like a bag of all yeah. of their things. I just realized actually, uh, this reminded me when I was just home visiting my parents a couple weeks ago, we were going through a bunch of my old stuff. And in some of those, there was toys oh. in there. And one is a creepy ass clown doll. Okay. That's like falling apart. Can I just ask you something, Matt? Yeah. Did you ever fuck that clown doll? Nope. <laughs> he, his name was Mr. Clown because. I bet he was your Mr. Clown. Nope. Uh, but he was like a toy I had since birth. Okay. And this was the first year where I told my mom, I was like, you know what? We can throw him away. It's been 31 years. Well, he also is like literally like stuffing coming out. His one eye doesn't open anymore. He has like three hairs left on his head. Terrifying. He's, if you go to my Instagram from like two years ago at Christmas time, when I was home, I took some good creepy photos of him. He's terrifying. What? But I was like, you know what? We can get rid of him. Because I have no use for him. He is gross. And I, and I, yeah. And that is such a funny thing to think about. Like these toys that, I mean, have some sort of emotional attachment. Like we, at my parents' house who live in town, they've saved a handful of the action figures that we were like, we should keep these. And yeah. we just like, they just sit in a closet. And now my brothers have, uh, I have nieces and nephews and they're about to get to the age where it's like, oh shit, they could play with these yeah and that's like kind of cool to be like the full circle will mm-hmm. they think they're rad yeah because ninja turtles are always gonna be cool <laughs> like they're in they're popular now whereas i have one of the toys i did keep from my childhood is a toy i got for my first christmas number one so i was three months old oh cute i got a plastic toy uh a tow truck uh and that's because my stepdad was a tow truck driver nice and so he got me like a plastic tow truck and I still have it. Like, it's still in a box in decent shape. It needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Dusty. But it's in good shape where I'm like, I am keeping this literally so that my future kid can play with it. That's super cute. And that's the reason. That's the only reason I'm holding on to that is one, because it was like one of my first toys ever. There's a picture of me wailing, crying on the floor at my first Christmas next to this tow truck. You guys have And one day I can take a picture of my own kid. That's Next pretty, to that tow truck. That's pretty crazy. Right? That And that's the beautiful, weird, like, pain and love and hurt of nostalgia. It's yeah. all, like, that's what it, the word means. It's not always good. It means that it's a description of a feeling, and I think toys embody that, and I think growing up, and I don't know, I, I think it's a beautiful, sad thing. 
That's our review of Toy Story 4. <laughs> it's a beautiful, sad thing. It's amazing. Go see it. Go. If you haven't, we spoiled everything for you. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. You probably <laughs> Sorry. Did. Yeah, and if you if you have seen it and you want to watch something, watch Dinosaurs on uh, streaming services. Yeah, see Mr. Stuart Pankin play Earl Sinclair. And if you see the real Stuart Pankin, tell him we say hello. Tell him what's up. Tell him two sweaty boys over in Missoula. Some, some... Tell him to come visit Missoula. I'm sure he'd like it. I bet he's already here. His doppelganger. That motherfucker's already here. That's probably really him. That was him. He let's was... go back! Let's go back! Let's get another bottle of wine. Get another bottle of wine and harass Stuart Pankin. Stuart!